Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before you listen to the podcast, I want to tell you about one of my favorite things in the world, the Lit Teacher Training. Creating this comprehensive teacher training really felt like my life's work compilation, and I hold nothing back. My mission is for everyone to know and understand the whole body, functional movement, and the how and why behind the movement choices we make to feel empowered, transforming your own lives, and sharing that knowledge with others. In the Lit Teacher Training, we investigate the poses and transitions, the energy flow through this vessel of our body, and work to move through space with increased precision and fluidity to create more joy and fun. So ask yourself, are you enjoying the life you're living in your body? If you're not fully, there's no better time than now to create new pathways and new opportunities. And with that fresh palette, attempt to emphasize growth and connection rather than accomplishment. Learning how to give people feedback in their bodies so that they retrain their own neural pathways and habitual movement patterns is truly a gift. And you will get that in this training. With both our self-guided and in real-time virtual experience, the 10-week training is rich in functional anatomy from my background as a physical therapist, methodology, and yogic philosophy through a modern-day lens. Like the hundred of others around the world, you will complete the training with new skills, sound knowledge, and confidence to teach others. And you have access to the training for life. Finally, our lit teacher community is vibrant and supportive, and being a part of it is like having all your friends with who you speak the same language with the same passion. So join this experience for reverence of the body as the container of the divine to change your life. Go to lityogatraining.com and I can't wait for you to join our community. I'm Laura Hyman and welcome to Redefining Movement, a lit podcast designed to investigate all aspects of movement from my background in physical therapy and neuroscience. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter movement patterns and compassion for ourselves and others, so together we can live our most uplifted lives, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer. I am joined by my gorgeous, fearless, courageous, and really funny, loving sister from another mister, Kristen Williams. <laughs> we do laugh a whole lot. I know. And like the memes we've sent each other. So fun. Let's get started. So this is from Mimi. I know I have a tight pelvic floor. I want to understand why and how to help. As a background, I work all day sitting. I need help. Please. Please is in big letters. 
I will just launch right in because I did a little uh, something on Instagram today about this. So I think, first of all, tight is the word that people hear. And I think we need to really dive into what tight means because tight is not like tight, like a little ball, because tight often people think of something as tight as being really strong. And tight here is more of a nervous system tightness, which is that there's some response in the nervous system, whether it is positional, whether it is emotional, combination, or habitual. There's more than that, but those are the three I would really start with. And there's a lot of intersection of those. So Mimi, you say you're sitting all day. That right there is telling us a lot. Like you're sitting on your pelvis and it's really hard to be active there, to be supportive. The most stable position for your pelvis is actually when you're sitting on the floor, not in a chair. Once you get up past 90 degrees, your pelvis, even though it's sitting on something, is not in the most stable position. So whether you tip back in your chair or forward or just kind of are centered, there is a low degree of your body's wanting to give stability to the pelvis because that's very, very primal in terms of getting up and becoming bipedal. And what people often will have is they'll have tightness across their hip flexors. That could be the superficial ones, the deeper ones, the one that crosses the hip and then goes through the body into the low back known as iliopsoas. And then the back, the low back, the quadratus lumborum that has an attachment to the lower ribs and the crest of the pelvis. So those together are lightly trying to give your pelvis some stability so it isn't toppling back or toppling forward. So that's the front and back and a little bit in under is the pelvic floor. It's not just the floor. It's really all the pelvic muscles and that includes the wall, but they're trying to perhaps stabilize the pelvis as well, but they're doing it from underneath. And so we might sit and feel like we're just heavy and slouchy, but there might be some low tone in an imbalanced way in our back. And you could be clinching a little bit in your pelvic floor and not realize it. A way you would really determine that you might be doing that is when you stand up, it feels like you're really like trying to get your pelvis underneath you because of the tightness across the front, you go to stand and there just isn't as much freedom there. And that also is tipping your pelvis anteriorly, which is putting an imbalanced pressure down into the pelvic floor. It may respond by holding that tone even more because there's a pressure into it that is out of balance, like tipping water forward. There's more pressure in the forward part. So then you go to the bathroom at work and you find that the first 10 seconds, you can't let go and go to the bathroom well. So those are some indicators that you are just having this more chronic tension in your pelvic floor. That's just purely positional and then habitual. Then you add on maybe your job is stressful and you're like feeling bad about yourself. All these things emotionally can make us also not regulated well in the nervous system so that we are having a higher stress response. Our body has more of those stress hormones that are flooding there and they're not getting balanced out by the better hormones that you get when you're moving and feeling more optimal. And those can lead to the same kind of clenching, gripping in your jaw, in your neck, all the way down to the pelvic floor. All of those can contribute to 
this pelvic floor tightness, which is again, not strength, but neurological holding. It's gripping. It's kind of like when you're clasping for something, but it's not something for you to really have, you know, instead of just receiving it with a open hand and then closing, you know, you're just clasping. And that's what those muscles might be doing. There's so many things to comment on what you could do, but one, work on your posture. Working on your posture and sitting and then getting out of the seat and working on it there and working on freeing up some of this stuff in the front of the pelvis, in the back, aligning your rib cage over your pelvis so you don't have an imbalanced pressure down into the pelvic floor, getting out of the seat more and more, maybe alternating between sitting and standing if you can. You're saying you're sitting all the time, so it might not be an option, but get out of the chair move around, drink a lot of water. So you have to get up and go to the bathroom. And then you can consciously practice like a relaxation breath as you're going to the bathroom and seeing if some of that responsiveness of relaxing can happen maybe quicker when you're trying to go to the bathroom. It can be catch 22 because sometimes when you pay more attention, you're like, you can get into that state. So you need to both work on postural training, functional movement, or strengthening and relaxation. So it's like the whole gamut of nervous system regulation. I could go a lot more into it, but that's kind of a good overview, I think. No, I think that's great because a lot of people maybe assume that they're one way or another, and we don't know. And it's a newer field that we're really specializing in more. So I'm curious how she knows she has a quote unquote tight pelvic floor? Has she been to a specialist or is she just assuming that's what it is? I love that you brought this holistic discussion because so much of what's going on in our body is more than just what's happening in the specific area. Looking at the mental slash psychological slash anxiety piece of it can be huge. I even love that you mentioned drinking a lot of water because it's like a retraining, I think, of relaxing in order to get that flow started. That might be your first sign that something's a little different if suddenly you're not clearing your bladder with the first go round. It's like, okay, now is this just an aging thing or is there something else going on? So we always recommend going and seeing a specialist. There's connective tissue work that can be done, but initially, Everything Laura pointed out with posture, looking at it from the biomechanical perspective, looking away from the source, so up into the spine, into the hips. How is that all playing together? Why is the pelvic floor the victim? And that can be hard to figure out on your own, which is why it is great to get that perspective from a professional. We've got so many things on the lit daily that would be great compliments to whatever you're doing with your pelvic floor specialist, things to work on strength of the core, stability of the pelvic floor, relaxation of the pelvic floor, giving yourself some self-care that way with what you're doing in your exercise routine that can facilitate that. You know, and I even think plyometric, you're going to get the movement of the body whether it's jogging, whether it's some of our hit classes, whether that's why we put plyo, it's not just about getting the heart rate up. It's about your tissues have to respond to the gravitational forces put against them. 
And so doing that with a neutral pelvis is just a great way to help break that spasm cycle that it sounds like you're in. You're in this immobility spasm cycle from the classic Venn diagram of what's causing it in the center. There's multiple factors, but just simply getting some plyometric and forcing the body to let go of some of that tension in response to the gravitational pull could be one option as well. Oh, I love that you mentioned that because you're getting that eccentric lengthening, which is going to help also the resetting the regulation of it, how it needs to be able to stretch and lengthen in a strengthened way, and then how it needs to contract concentrically in a strengthened way, not in a grippy way. And I agree, getting with a specialist, which if you have, great, but then you can also go on, as Krista was mentioning, on our online platform, we have a pelvic floor PT on there, Ashley Newton, she has classes. And I've had a lot of people who've had literally C-sections, no babies, pelvic tension, and it helps because it's really reestablishing the thoraco, which is your thorax or rib cage pelvic cylinder in a balanced way so that all of that regulation is improved, your breathing is more optimal, and the pelvic floor tightness is resolved. So check those out. I want to share with you a little secret I have. This secret is this amazing skincare line that I've been using now for a year. Now, I am a product queen. It is the one thing I spend money on. I don't spend a lot of money on clothes, but I love products. And I love skincare products because I want my skin to really reflect and showcase how I feel inside. But this is honestly the best product I've ever tried. And I love the fact that it's vegan. It's all natural. You could literally eat it because it's totally organic. Herbal face food. It's the most potent anti-aging, multi-correction, antiviral skincare on the market. It's magic. I can't even describe it. I use a little bit of Serum One a few times a week and it tightens up my skin. And then it also kind of whitens it a little bit, makes it feel like all the sun damage disappears. But you can go for the Serum 2, which is like the correction, and that goes into the more sun-damaged areas. So you're just going to have to try it for yourself. So go to the show notes and hit the link. Lara 20 is the code for 20% off herbal face food. I love it. I want to share it with you all. We have another pelvic floor question. And this is from someone who is working with a student who has an extremely tonic pelvic floor. She does not see with one eye and the other is not in the center either. I think she's talking about the eye. I have the feeling that condition plus a broken sacrum 20 years ago are contributing to the pelvic tightness. So maybe she had some kind of accident or something if that was the condition. I'm not sure. She's asking, should I focus on the basics like posture and pelvis or there's more to explore? I hope this makes sense. She has an anterior tilt and practice Iyengar for many years with the knees locked. Should we focus on basics like posture? I mean, I think with anything, start there. Especially when we hear she's got an anteriorly tilted pelvis. She's locking out her knees, doing Iyengar for many years. Those are all things that are going to affect. P.S. Tonic is synonymous with tight. So she has increased tone, increased tonicity to her pelvic floor. So absolutely start with her posture. 
How might her eyes be involved? That could absolutely affect her body awareness, her proprioception. She may be falling into ligamentous stability structure, you know, because she can't sense well. The eyes are a big part of our body awareness of where we are in space, our balance. I'm not saying that with pure confidence that's happening to her, but it could be part of it, part of why she is wanting to go into an anterior tilt, lock out the knees. Iyengar probably felt good to her because there is a lot of that ligamentous response to the end range motion. You can feel where you are in space. It's going to be challenging for her to unlock the knees, neutralize her pelvis, so get hands on, her hands on her own body. I think her hands are going to become her eyes. I'd love to recommend using mirrors, using video for people to get more feedback. I'm sure her vision, she's very well adapted to her, you know, drifting eye, et cetera. But give her some more feedback, hands on. I'm guessing a fracture in a sacrum, she probably like fell off a horse or something. You know, that's absolutely going to play a role for here we are 20 years later. How has her pelvis adapted to that? She might not move well in the pelvis. She might not move well. And now it's affecting her pelvic floor. So doing just some simple pelvic tilting, creating that conversation between her brain and her pelvis. Like Lara talked about in the last question, the ribs, where is she setting the ribs in response to the pelvis? Why does she have this tone? I would look in those areas as you're beginning, because you can't go wrong. Anybody who walks through the door to come see me, whether it's as a patient or as a lip method client, I'm looking at how they carry themselves, what they're doing throughout the day. And then I love to use their lit method practice as their therapy. Because we can give them clear parameters, clear hands on one hand here, but the other hand here. Now feel this, talk, converse. People will do as you say, but they've got no idea. If you don't say to them, can you feel that? And if they can articulate, yes, okay, good. Then moving step by step. And it's very satisfying to anybody, but especially to the body to feel where we are in space. It's like a light bulb going off. First of all, the brain loves it because it's novel. It's plastic. It wants challenge where something like an Iyengar, you know, or Ashtang, whatever, is not going to provide that as readily as what you can choreograph for her as her teacher, really addressing exactly what you see Stretch what's tight, strengthen what's weak. Make sure that she's strong in the areas around the pelvis so the pelvis isn't trying to grip. Laura, what else do you have to say about that? I love all that. What came to mind that I have used and has really worked well is like getting somebody like that on two blocks in goddess, in parallel squat and things like that. To Kristen's point, it's a little novel. It's a changing the surface feeling. There's more balance involved. It's going to be a lot more input. Get one of those broomstick poles or something if she needed that for an extra sense of balance. But going like into goddess with two feet on blocks, it's like going to stretch that eccentrically. 
It could be a lot of different input, like Kristen was saying, needs different input to have a different output. And that's going to be hands-on, different surfaces, you helping, and specifically putting her in the position where she's not going into straight knee anterior tilt things. So like goddess squat or parallel squat or something like that. And just really going into that middle range where the pelvic floor starts to get that eccentric stretch and see how that feels. And notice like if her ribs are moving forward every time because there's been some scar tissue around the sacrum, maybe putting the towel or some kind of strap on around her bottom ribs and really actively trying to cat into that strap to start to move from that area and see if that can help. So those are what I start with. So report back and see if that makes a difference. Okay, final question, not pelvic floor related. <laughs> I thought this was a really interesting question because I'm sure a lot of people, this is kind of like what we're talking about in a way. This is by Kathy Run 13 Are you ever stiff? No, and I can 100% credit the lit method for that. I fully believe that. That's why I'm bought in. I am never stiff. In fact, if I ever feel stiff, I can think of two instances and I know it's my posture. It's with long runs and long walks. I will feel some stiffness in my low back because I tend to go into my old posture and I really, really focus hard on trying not to go into my anterior pelvic tilt. And so I just crank into that low back all the time. Towards the end of that's the only time that I want to bend over and stretch out my low back because it feels like a good stretch. But otherwise, no, I never feel stiff, Laura. I get up in the morning. I am out of bed. I'm 49 years old. It actually makes me sad when I hear it from my friends or just when I see on Instagram, everybody talking about, oh, the Gen Xers, we feel so old. And I'm like, I don't feel old. I really don't. So I credit my moving on the mat for that. I credit my lifestyle too. I'm not sitting at a chair all day. Movement is my priority. It's just my personality too. So that certainly helps a lot. Well, I mean, yes, I think we started off luckier that we never got to a point that we had to kind of undo stiffness all the time or tightness all the time. But I think that the reason you're asking is you're wondering, is this a possibility for anybody? And it is. And it's just, there's a few reasons I really attribute. The primary one is that we're moving in the way we were designed to move. We were designed to move in all these different planes, a tremendous amount of movement variability all these different joints in their fullest range with a stabilizing force, which is your core. And really also discerning when do you move your back and when do you not? We say this a lot and it's like, we want your spine to be flexible, but its primary job in big functional movements is to be stabilizing. It's to be neutral and strong and not be moving. But that doesn't mean it doesn't move. So I think people who move from their spine a lot are the ones that have pain around their spine a lot because your spine's primary job is to take energy from your lower extremities, from the ground, and transmit it through your trunk, through your core, and then back down with the path of gravity. And this is just like this wonderful exchange back and forth. 
So if you hinge in your hips, you understand some really primary root biomechanics, I think that right there is going to get you 60% there. Here's the other part. We do have to sit some. We're not like constantly moving, but we get feedback to our brain quicker. And we have trained ourselves through this practice to not ignore those signals. So if you think about your brain as getting thousands and thousands of bits of information every hour, it has to filter out some of it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to focus on stuff. But if we're ignoring signals that our body gives us, eventually our brain will just put that into a philodex that says, this is not as important. And so we have to reclaim that as being important. So if I'm sitting here for a while and I start to get some ache, ache is not pain, ache is my brain saying, please move, please get up and change positions, please get some blood flow here. If I ignore it, then I'll wonder why I'm always stiff. So it's one, improving your biomechanics, and then two, improving the communication and paying attention. And you might have to reverse engineer it and have your brain consciously say, oh, it's time to move, to start that conversation again so that your body is also talking to the brain and giving that. And then just general good health that everybody can do, which is hydrate, have good nutrition, good sleep, and try and decrease your stress. All of those things can make you feel tight or not happy, which can feel nervous system tightness. And I think that's just a balance. It's not ever a place you get to and you're just, boom, it's static. The thing is, once you're in the spectrum of balance, and I mean a spectrum, there's a lot of wiggle room there. I can wake up and maybe not have slept great, but I'm still not going to be stiff. So I have some wiggle room in there. And so I think everybody should have this gift, which that we're given and we're here to help people. And we know that people that practice lit say the same thing. It might not be all the time. They might wake up sometimes, but they know what to do, right? It's also knowing what to do if you have those moments where you wake up and you feel stiff or anything like that. Yeah, And I think that's probably one of the most commonly reported benefits of lit. I know my husband, he used to come down the stairs like Frankenstein before lit because he'd wake up his ankles, his knees and his hips were so stiff. And then after probably just a year, I don't hear him in the morning. He's a different man because he moves better. His joints are more fluid. And I love that you brought up the feedback because that's so true. What we learn to do when we move on the mat well is we learn to listen to our body. And so when I mentioned the walking and the running, whenever I'm on a long walk, it's normal to fall into old habits because I'll start to feel the littlest thing. And I'll be like, oh, there you are, Kristen. Let's flex your hips more. Use your hip flexors. Stop going into your low back. Same thing with running. I actually do a walk run now for the very reason of protection. I know I shouldn't do something for a long period of time because I don't tell my patients to do that. I don't tell my clients to do it. We need to give the body breaks. The walk run is a perfect way for me. It lets me go longer without ever feeling stiff. So it's because I get that feedback before it ever gets to the point. Like I don't ever finish a walk and I'm like, oh, my back, because I'm treating it the entire time. I'm listening. I'm moving. That's the gift of learning how to listen to your body. Absolutely. So 
You all can get it. You know, if you haven't done Lit Daily, get on Lit Daily. We have a week free trial. There's a Start Here series. There's a Pastor Challenge. It still is one of our most popular. Kristen and I made it. And it's 20 classes. They're around 20 minutes each. But the education that you get in those 20 classes is exactly what we're talking about. It's biomechanics. It's how to listen to your body. It's options to help your body improve mobility if you don't yet have it. It's increasing your core stability and your core responsiveness to movement. We have so many, but those are the ones I would check out. Start here and posture challenge. Well, please ask us questions like this so you can see we're so passionate about it. You can write us, find us on social media, lara.hyman and kbwilliams99 on Instagram or our Redefining Movement podcast. Just DM us and just tell us anything have it be anonymous. We're happy to do that. So ask away. Yep. You can also write in via email to support at lityoga.com. Those will get forwarded to us. And we appreciate you rating and reviewing us on whatever your favorite listening platform is, because that always helps on our end. That means a lot. And we love you. And as always, we're We're pulling pulling for you. you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Redefining Movement. If you like what you've heard, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to leave us a rating and review or share with someone you know. Check us out at www.litmethod.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.